Hello and welcome to a Super Bowl edition of the official EstablishedRun.com betting show. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by the king himself, Evan Silva, as always, joined by Mark from Cincinnati, Mark Dankenbring. Boys, we are 10 days or so out, 11 days or so out from the Super Bowl. We wanted to do a betting show early here before some of these lines got away from us. Obviously, these lines are going to move a lot over the next two weeks. We'll also have another betting show next week when some of the lines get more firmer and there is a bigger menu out there, although the menu out there already is pretty massive across the industry. Anyways, Mark, happy Super Bowl week eve. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, got to got to see a lot of my longtime Bengals friends and Cincinnati sports fans who haven't had much to root for uh, in our lifetime celebrate, saw some grown men cry, you know, it was a good time. So uh, yeah, shout out to the Bengals fans. I mean, you know, huge step to get here. And uh, Joe Burrow just seems like that guy that's, I mean, going to put the franchise on his back for the next decade plus. So congrats to Bengals fans. Um, you know, kind of hope they pull it out, obviously. Uh, J.D. Harmeyer, one of the uh, one of my favorite characters slash workers on the Howard Stern show, is a big Bengals fan. And they had a cameraman uh, watch him the entire – he's like a hardcore Bengals fan. They had a cameraman in his face for the entire game. He's just sitting there crying, like bawling <laughs> like a baby at the end. And I know I make fun of people who like actually care about sports a lot, but it is cool to see people uh, have such an emotional effect, I guess, over some grown men who they don't know going to the Super Bowl. But anyways – Evan, happy Super Bowl week, Eve. Yeah, I uh, I kind of struggled to come up with some great bets for this show, um, but I came up with enough. And hopefully as we move a little bit closer, some thoughts will start to crystallize. But um, I don't know, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. All right. I- I'm going to go first here because uh, I-, I- I'm i surprised, man. I-, 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 I thought that the Rams, I thought the three and a half that it opened at, was the right line. I was surprised that it went to four. And then I was shocked that it went to four and a half. Now, I'm not sure what this means per se. I think my feeling is that more people, general public, ask 100 guys in a bar, 70 might say they like the Bengals. But I think sharper money, bigger money early is at least come in on the Rams at the three and a half and at the four. I think at the four and a half, I think Bengals, is the right side. So I'm, I'm going to take Bengals four and a half. And, and um, to be clear, like I bet against the Rams in the NFC championship game. I thought I was, I talked about last week, I thought 49ers really were going to win that game. I think Rams are very good, but four and a half points in a game. I think the teams are pretty equally matched. And, and one thing I think also is that although this game is in LA, I would not call this home field advantage. Like there were so many 49ers fans there for the NFC championship game in LA. It was like all 49ers fans. Super Bowl is typically not a home field environment anyways, because it's all corporate stiffs in there in their three piece suits watching the game. So Bengals four and a half is just a lot of points to me. I don't know, Mark, if you have any read on how this line got from three and a half to four and a half. Again, it opened three and a half. It went to four and a half relatively quickly. Yeah. Not a whole lot of read uh, because everyone I've seen taking a side is pretty much taking the Bengals at this point, like I opened up the action network app and, and, you know, like all six of their guys were on the Bengals plus four, four and a half. And, um, you know, in our Slack, that's, that's what Leone's on. And it just kind of seems like that's the side. Um, and, you know, when you look at the game, I, 
I think I, I've been thinking back to last year's Super Bowl and the Mahomes going up against the Bucks D-line and all the questions about the Chiefs offensive line and being like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. He'll be able to scramble. He'll be able to make plays from it. And it just it just did not did not end up working for them. Uh, obviously, I think they only scored like nine points, you know, couldn't even get in the end zone. Uh, so I am wor- a little worried about that happening here for the Bengals. I mean, the Rams D-line, obviously, you know, you, you brought it up on the on the preview show yesterday with Evan, just how dominant the Rams D line can be and how poor the Bengals offensive line is, uh, you know, heading into the playoffs, Brandon Thorne ranked them uh, second to last entering the playoffs and, and the 49ers who held up well, I think against the Rams are fifth, you know, so it's a little bit of a different matchup here. Um, I, I think I would probably side with the Bengals, but again, just last year's Super Bowl is creeping in the back of my head saying, you know, the D line can really tear it up uh, against Burrow. Sure. And, and this line and, and, you know, we could see if they have to play from behind, it could get ugly. Yeah. I think the difference was the chiefs were favored in that game. In this game, you're getting the four and a half, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like Burrow can't get there in some ways. Evan, before you get into the actual picks you're taking today, what do you just think about the game line in general now at Rams minus four and a half? Yeah, I I'm with you. Uh, I, I like taking the Bengal side of uh, uh, plus four and a half. Definitely. Okay. Uh, all right, Mark, go ahead with uh, your first uh, 5,000 gold star lead pipe lock of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's do it. So just talking briefly before the show and kind of thinking through the game and how things might play out, uh, we've seen in the playoffs teams look to take away Jamar Chase and his explosive plays as much as possible. And I imagine with two weeks you know, to prepare that Raheem Morris and the Rams are going to try and do the same to game plan against the Bengals. Um, and talking with Evan, you know, he was mentioning that Darius Williams – for the Rams has gotten picked on quite a bit in the playoffs and is about five, nine, whereas he'll likely match up most of the time with T Higgins, you know, six, three, six, four, big possession receiver. Uh, Burrow obviously feels comfortable going for him, uh, going to him. We are very confident in T Higgins skill set. Um, and his receiving yardage line is at 69 and a half, you know, minus 115 on both sides. Uh, so I'm going to take the over there on 69 and a half for T Higgins. We're projecting around 79, uh, which you know usually isn't a big enough buffer to make it an official bet for us, but I do like the over here just with the reading into the matchup as well and and potential game plan here for the Bengals. Yeah, I feel like there could be a little uh, funnel situation there if the Rams do do you know pay special attention to Jamar Chase. You got C.J. Uzoma banged up. Tyler Boyd hasn't really been that big a, a big part of the offense lately. And so I, I think that there could be a lot of funnel action in, in T. Higgins' direction, especially if he gets that matchup a lot with Darius Williams on the outside. All right, Evan, hit the people with the Billy Sing from Sing Sing lock of the week. Oh, no, Billy, uh, we haven't been talking. We haven't been talking. Uh, but uh, uh, speaking of funnel situations, I think that this could be a funnel situation for Cooper Cup because I think that – There's a scenario where uh, OBJ has to deal a lot with uh, Chidobi Awuzie, who's had a really good season. Um, OBJ does move around enough that he's not going to like probably get shadowed or anything by Chidobi Awuzie, but I think that they probably end up matching up the most among the wide receiver cornerback matchups. Tyler Higby is hurt. Van Jefferson just is not very good, I I think. And so um, I think that there could – Cooper Cup's going to end up getting a lot of action. He's shown that he is unstoppable, okay? My bet here is Cooper Cup MVP plus 600. Mm. Now, the obvious favorites for MVP are the two quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford's like plus 150 or something like that, and uh, Joe Burrow is plus 225. I think that Cooper Cup – 
should be closer to those guys, to the quarterbacks. I think he should be like plus 350, plus 400. Um, first of all, well, in addition to the um, the potential funnel uh, scenario, you know, Cooper Cup, among all non-quarterbacks, and I know that there was a run where people were saying Jonathan Taylor should have, you know, won MVP. No, no, no. We were never on that, okay? Cooper Cup was like twice as valuable as Jonathan Taylor. And as valuable, I think, this year as, you know, a, a number of quarterbacks across the league. And that's a hell of a thing to say because quarterback is the most position, most valuable position in all of pro sports. And I don't even think it's close. Some people say like a goalie in hockey. No, no. Quarterback, okay? And, and they're paid commensurately. Um, but uh, Cooper Cup is like, I mean, he was the closest thing to an MVP during the regular season. Why would he not be treated, you know, in this game? Why would he not be treated like that in this particular game? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he, he can also return if he returns a punt. I mean, no one can cover him. The chemistry between him and Matthew Stafford is like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams all these years, you know, and he can win in the short and he can win in the intermediate. And, and he's added this year. I mean, he could always win deep, but, you know, the combination of Matthew Stafford's arm and aggressiveness has unlocked Cooper Cup as a vertical slot receiver. And I, I think he, every reason to think he's going to eat again. So... During the regular season, I think it's often foolish to not bet a quarterback for MVP. There is historical precedent, though, for a lot of non-quarterbacks to win MVP of the Super Bowl. Obviously, the last two have been Brady and Mahomes. We did have Julian Edelman three years ago, 10 catches, 141 yards. We did have Von Miller when Denver won it. We had Malcolm Smith, that crazy game for uh, the Seahawks. Going back to Santonio Holmes, a wide receiver won it. Heinz Ward, a wide receiver won it. Deion Branch, a wide receiver won it. It's likely to be a quarterback but it's not impossible. Whereas in the regular season, I think it's kind of impossible for a non-quarterback to win it. Six to one, I think is a relatively short price and maybe you can get something longer elsewhere. I haven't had a chance to shop that one yet, but yeah, I mean, I think Cooper Cup very, very, very much has a good chance. Dude's just unstoppable. I mean, and if people want to say, you know, if you can creep into your mind stuff like, hey, who had the best year? I mean, I think Cooper Cup had, um, of everybody uh, playing this game, Cooper Cup pretty clearly had the best year so yeah all right i think Go when ahead, you Mark. well i think when you talk about preparation time for the super bowl like cooper cup seems like he's one of the most cerebral players out there able to read defenses you know on the fly and and runs a lot of option routes with stafford and has a lot of chemistry there obviously and and just they go to him on on every important down on third downs alone in that game against the 49ers he had seven catches for 108 yards and two touchdowns mm-hmm. which is just incredible considering obviously on third down you know, everyone in the world knows they're going to try and go to Cooper Cup, and, and he still puts those up those numbers regardless. All right. For my second selection, I am going to go to one of the exotics that we have for the Super Bowl here. And shout out to Anthony Amico, one of the kings of the prop streets for us in both NFL, NBA, and NBA for finding this one. I mean, I don't know much about field goal kickers. Ever since FanDuel got rid of, fan, of kickers, I kind of stopped following kickers very closely, to be honest with you. But I do know that this Evan McPherson dude is a freaking freak, man. I mean, my God. And so this Matt Gay guy has been struggling. I I mean, he's been missing a ton. I don't even know if they have the confidence in him to let him attempt long field goals. So Bengals, the the, the prop is who will make the longest field goal in the game? Bengals or Rams? Bengals are minus 120. Rams uh, are plus 
120 and neither one, i.e. no field goals made in the game or from the same distance is plus 1400. So I'm going to go ahead and take Bengals minus 120 to have the longest field goal made in this game, just based on Evan McPherson being a beast and Matt Gay struggling a little bit. Obviously that's factoring in a little bit because, because, because the Rams are favorite, they're likely in theory to get slightly more uh, field goal attempts off. But this McPherson dude, I just, I just want to bet on him. He seems like he's into it and yeah, they're going to let him bomb. I mean, I'm not sure they're going to let Matt Gay bomb, but they're going to let uh, Evan McPherson bomb. All right, Mark, go ahead. Well, I do hate to do this a little bit in the Super Bowl. Don't want to be the Debbie down here. And, you know, I've been t- I've been taking overs a lot on the show just to try and keep keep the hype up. Uh, and they've been losing. So I am going to go with the under 48 and a half. Um, I did bet it at 49 earlier in the week just because I saw at a bunch of other books that already moved to 48 and a half. So I just hopped on that 49 number. But, I, th- you know, I think 48 and a half is still solid. And mainly this just comes down to I think the coaches in this game, you know, we've We've harped on them being a little conservative throughout the season, whether it be calling running plays on first and second down, whether it be not going for it on fourth down, you know, opting for field goals when they're close in in the red zone. And, uh, you know, I just think obviously there there's potentially some Super Bowl jitters in the first quarter. So I think the first half under is also interesting, but I'm just going to take the full game under here at 48 and a half. Um, you know, I do think both offenses have a good shot to be successful, obviously, but I think, you know, a lot of touchdown opportunities, that, that could be had if they go for it on fourth and short will likely end up turning into field goal attempts, which is what we want here for the under, um, you know, at, at, at this point, that, that's just what I'm going to go with. And so I'll take the under 48 and a half. Yes. Believe me, as someone who spent last Super Bowl sitting there praying that Byron Pringle would not catch two passes in the game, it'll be equally as fun for you to watch the Super Bowl with everybody. No, it, it, I thought it was one catch and he got it like on the first play or something, right? I had under one and a half and he okay. got one catch on the first play and then thankfully yeah. didn't have another catch the whole game. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, um, uh, you know, yo, speaking of the conservative coaches, um, this was so weird to me. So, all right. Zach Taylor is just hammering Joe Mixon on first down. It's like not working the entire game. Tony Romo's killing him for it the entire game, as he should. I mean, Tony Romo is like, this is a passing down. They they, they got to stop doing this, Jim. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's stressing that it's a passing down. He was 100% correct. And then the people are like bitching on Twitter. goes back to people just fucking loving to bitch about anything. <laughs> bitching about Tony Romo. What, like... What what's the deal here? Can we explain? I mean, the dude is right. Oh yeah, I mean, nobody wants to hear that you should be throwing on first and ten a majority of the time. None of the boomers want to hear that. But okay. you know, I, I think that both Zach Taylor and and credit to what Mark said about the under. I mean, both McVeigh and Zach Taylor for young guys have been yeah. way more conservative than I would have expected this whole year. They have to have you know they have to like you know give those responsibilities to somebody else that can be in their ear and have them making the decisions literally, because I mean, there were times where Sean McVay like embarrassed himself in this last game, especially in the second half with some of the shit that he pulled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the challenges of course stand out. Um, you know, again, I, I, I hopefully some more stuff will crystallize because we're going to do another one of these shows next week. My, my next bets are interception props. Um, which, you know, whatever, uh, I saw it was minus 135 for Stafford to throw an interception and then minus like 115 or something for Burrow, uh, minus 120 for Burrow. I like them both to throw a pick. 
I think mm-hmm. we can get 35 attempts out of both of them. Stafford throws picks. Burrow is going to be under an onslaught of pressure with Aaron Donald going up against the, the Bengals' horrible offensive interior. And then, you know, Riley Reefs out at right tackle. And uh, the rookie, Isaiah Prince, has had a, a, his hands full. He's going to have to deal with Von Miller a ton in this one. So, um, yeah, I, I think they both throw a pick. Okay, yes. These are the kind of bets that, like, we wouldn't even look at during the regular season. But for the Super Bowl, it's fun, man. And, and as I've talked about before, like, you don't have to be like me, like a sick, deranged person who can only bet stuff that uh, I think is plus EV. Like, you can just have some fun. And, and there's certainly a lot to do, a lot of that to do with the Super Bowl. Interception bets, under bets, nothing like good fun for the Super Bowl. All right. That is going to do it for part one of our Super Bowl betting show. We'll be back next week to see what else we can find on different menus. Stay tuned for props. We continue to look and grind there as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'd appreciate it if you hit the like and subscribe button. does a lot to help us continue to bring you guys this free content. For Mark, for Evan, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. 